Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relationship Renovation Podcast with Tara and EJ Kerwin. Good morning. Good morning. And kind of maybe before we get into our topic today, which is a very good one, I always say that, but it is. Um, I just thought it'd be fun to do a little check-in. <laughs> Let's do a check-in, check-in. Okay. Because we we model this all the time, have our couples do it during our sessions, and so why not? We haven't checked in today. All right. So my check-in. Today I am feeling, I'm definitely excited for the weekend just because I love weekends anyway, but I'm also excited it's our twins' eighth birthday just a couple of days ago. And so... We're having a birthday party, and that's always fun. I get to I get to rock the pinata, play some football with the boys. So I'm excited. And my goal for today, I'm trying to remember what I did. I had a goal in the car with the twins this morning on the way to school, but I don't. So easy. Oh, to you know what it is? It was it was to be thoughtful and kind. So I'm going to try. And and for me, thoughtful is sort of being aware of others' mood states and others' feelings. And then being kind towards them. So my, my goal today is be thoughtful and kind. And my positive self-statement is I am patient. Because the twins were fighting this morning like crazy in the car on the way to school. And I had to give them like a 20-minute daddy lecture. And so my goal uh, today <laughs> is to be patient. Those twins, they keep us alive. Yeah, they are driving. They keep us old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that check-in. Um, today I'm feeling... I'm going to say a little irritable. Don't know why. It's okay. I'm just accepting. I feel a little irritable. Also excited for the weekend. Yes, irritable and excited can be in the same mood state. I also feel grateful and proud. Mm. Proud because we did meal prep last Sunday. It took like eight freaking hours to do. We did 42 meals. Yes. For three meals a day, seven days a week, that's 42 meals. It took yeah. nine hours. So I was like, I am bound to eat every single one of these meals we prepped. But I've noticed, like we're trying to be super duper healthy this year. And what I've noticed is just like my body feels better and I feel like a lot more energy and it definitely took the work to make it happen. But once you kind of have it there, so I just feel really proud and I feel very kind of like my body feels healthy. Yeah. And uh, let's see, my intention for today is to rock out a good podcast (laughs) and to, what do I really want today? Sometimes it takes me a minute. Thanks for waiting, honey. Um, (laughs) I would say- I'm patient for you. Today, my goal is to really let the people around me today that orbit in my circle, I really want to be appreciative of them, whether it's my dogs my husband, hey, I'll take I love it. you. I love you too. My children or friends that I might be seeing outside. So that's what my goal is today. And I'm going to do a positive relationship statement. Oh, go for it. Which is we are very resilient. We are. We yeah. Are. So, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping like our audience listening that took less than five minutes. We encourage couples to do this every single day, preferably in the morning, because you just kind of get a good read of like what's going on for your partner. But what's most important is you get a good read of what's going on with yourself. Because if you don't quite understand what's happening and you don't verbalize it or label it, things can just get all like confusing and then we're not acting out of consciousness or intentionality. So that's an example of a check-in. 
super useful. We found that when couples check in, they really find that it's the one thing that keeps them connected. Yeah. And it's like five minutes a day. So I think it creates like a nice foundation throughout the day for me. You know, it gives me the ability to have that like second of slowing down for a second because sometimes I feel like my day comes out of a slingshot. You know, it's like the minute I get out of the day, it's just like propelling forward and just sort of like trying to survive. And that that little bit of a check in just stops me for a second. Yeah. And and for me, like I knew I woke up kind of a little crabby, a little crabster. But I'm also, when I do this check-in, I also am able to relate to these positive feelings as well, which is so important because if I'm just like waking up and I'm just irritable and I kind of let that be my filter for the day, it's not going to be healthy. So it allows me to be like, okay, I'm a little irritable, a little crabby, but I'm also super grateful and loving. And so again, it helps me kind of balance out the good with the uncomfortable. I'm not going to say bad because uncomfortable feelings are not bad. And then it also, for me as your partner, it depersonalizes it a tiny bit. Because if there is something like a more challenging emotion that you're going through, you know, we just met with a couple yesterday who was saying like one of the members of the couple was like, well, if anything's wrong with, with my partner, then I just automatically assume it's something I did. And so when Tara says something like, hey, I'm feeling irritable this morning, and I noticed a couple of times that she seemed irritated with me, you know, I not that I'm not that I'm not irritating, I'm sure. But at the same time, it, it makes me go like, oh, okay, this is not just like this is not just all about me. Like this is something she's going through this morning. And maybe I can find a way to be supportive instead of reactive, instead of like feel crappy about myself yeah. or, or put my defenses up. So thank you for, yeah, for sharing, Tara. Yeah, absolutely. I love all our right. check-ins. Okay, yeah. so today. Yeah, today's a really good one. This is something that affects a huge portion of couples' population, and it's resentment. What I find interesting about this is that it is something that we see with almost every couple who walks through the doors. We certainly have dealt with it in our own relationship. And yet it's it's also something that people don't like to talk about because it, resentment has like this nasty sort of taste to it. Like or there's something. something wrong with me if I'm yeah. holding on to resentment or if yeah. I'm a resentful person, I'm bad. Yeah. And I think that I for me, like a good launching point is always just like understanding what something is. And, you know, I'm a big kind of language person. Definition. That, Are you going to give yeah, a definition? Yeah, I want to give a definition because I- Where did you get this definition from? I, I went to Merriam and Webster, the you know, good old fashioned dictionary. <laughs> I don't think I've ever looked up resentment in the dictionary. So resentment is a feeling of indignant displeasure Ooh. or persistent ill will at something regarded as wrong or an insult or an injury. And so- the first part of that, and then so I looked up something else. So resentment, a feeling of indignant displeasure. And then I looked up indignant because I was like, God, that is like such a great word. There's just such like a, a rigidness to it, right? And indignant is the feeling of showing anger because of something that is unfair or wrong. And yes. I think that like, that nailed it for me. So a feeling of anger about something that you feel is unfair or wrong. Right. And when we're in partnerships, like we treat each other bad sometimes. Doesn't feel fair. Doesn't feel right. 
Well, it's not fair, right? It's, is this blending of two people's lives into each other with two separate needs and two different coping mechanisms and two different set of triggers. And I could go on and on. Two different attachment styles, two two different different ways of growing up and navigating emotions. Yeah. Yeah, We could go on and on. Isn't it inevitable that there's going to be something that feels unfair or wrong? And so having defined it, I think it's also, it's really interesting that so many times, you know, because at the beginning of our program, we go through this like relationship questionnaire where we ask, take a real deep dive into, hey, what's up with your relationship? I like to say assessment instead of questionnaire. I love you. Yes. And (laughs) when you get to this point where you're like, wow, it sounds like there's some resentment in your relationship. I can't tell you how many couples like one or the other person will be like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't feel resentful. I just, you know, it's like right. they don't, they don't want to own that word. And why, I mean, why do you think that is, Tara? Like, like, why is it hard? Do you notice I, that as well? I do. I do. Um, I feel like it's kind of what you said. The word resentment feels negative. It feels ugly. It feels like there's something wrong if you are resentful. It feels like you don't know how to like manage your own emotions if you carry yeah. resentment. And how I kind of push couples through this is when we get one of our questions is, how would you describe the level of respect in your relationship? A lot of couples come in and say, no, we're super disrespectful in our relationship. We, you know, we do a lot of disrespectful behaviors or tones or language. Cut each other off. And and so I start with kind of the word respect because that feels like more comfortable. That feels like positive. That feels like this is a place where we want to get to. And when we start to talk about how did respect go into disrespect, hello, resentment falls right into that. So I kind of parallel disrespect with like, wow, it started because I'm holding on to all of these feelings that have happened over the years from certain experiences, either one or many, and I can't let go of them. And so finally, like, I'm not even going to give my partner this chance. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And so I'm going to look like I'm disrespectful because I'm so mad at them. And so then they're like, okay, yes, maybe, maybe I am resentful. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Similarly, I think one of the things is, is like when couples come in, they are so well acquainted at expressing what their partner is doing that they are sick and tired of. You know, they are so good at saying like, hey, this is the thing that they do, or this is the the thing in our relationship that is broken. And it's very like external, right? It's it's like this thing that you observe in front of your nose, mm. you know, that's happening that, that you just are, you're sick of. And then when you flip a word on them, like resentment, right? That is internal, you know, that's behind the nose, you know, that's, that's something you're feeling in your heart, in your gut, you know, you have a, a whole like story about it in your head. Yeah. And when you say resentful, it, it makes them turn around and look at themselves. And at the beginning of our that's process true. with couples, th- that's a big part of it is they don't want to look at themselves. You know, they might be like, yeah, I got stuff too, but. It's the blame yeah, piece that happens yeah. And often. resentment says like, okay, hey, Because what is resentment? It's a feeling of indignant displeasure. It's something I'm feeling that is a problem in our relationship. That is blocking us from moving together in a healthy way. Yeah. Because if I'm feeling a consistent feeling of displeasure about you, about our relationship, you know, what am I going to do? 
I'm going to put up all my self defenses. I'm going to I'm going to go on the attack before I get hurt. I'm right. going to isolate myself. Yeah, I I actually think this is like a really good segue into like cuz we want to kind of like break this down in parts. So I think this is a good segue into how does resentment build in the relationship, right? It's not yeah. like we marry or even if you're not married, like choose to be with your partner because, oh, resentment's there, right? That's not the case. So how does it start to build? I mean, from from my perspective, you know, and I'm, I tend to really look at couples and individual growth in sort of the the model of a system, right? And to me, resentment is built when there are repetitive patterns that are unsatisfying, that are hurtful, that are frustrating, right? And we'll get into like some like specific things that lead to resentment, but in the real macro sense and the real like normalizing it for you. And that's like so important for couples because it always is, you're so hurt, mm. you're so scared, you're so frustrated. You, you feel just alone think, in it, yeah. Yeah, you think you're like uniquely broken, that we, you're the only ones that have this, you know, this messed up dynamic and within your relationship. And so if you all look at it through this lens of like resentment is built when you just have a system that does the same thing over and over and over again and creates a negative experience for you or your partner. Right. And that in those moments that an individual or the couple does not have the skills yet to understand what's happening. And so it kind of gets stuck. Yeah. Well, how do I regulate these emotions? How do I understand what's really happening? No, it's very like automatic. I feel bad. Brain starts to go into like defense mode, protection mode. And then it happens over and over and over again because you can't have an open heart with your partner during difficult moments. That's so good right there. You said something amazing. And it's that like you have these repetitive patterns. Um, I would just like to say everything I say is amazing. Everything. Just kidding. Certain <laughs> things are just incredibly amazing though. <laughs> so you, that you, was a joke, you guys. I really don't <laughs> feel that way. So you, you have these patterns that happen over and over and over again. They're unsatisfying. They hurt you on some level because this person in front of you that you've committed to you know, you want to just generate nothing but like amazing feelings, but you have this repetitive like feelings of negativity towards them. And so as Tara said, your heart just like, this is an image we work with all the time with couples is like, is your heart open or is your heart closed? Yeah. Right. And resentment just slowly, slowly closes the heart off. Mm -hmm. And that feels like, eventually that feels horrible. Well, yeah. And then you build like a whole massive stone wall in front of the heart. And then that looks like stonewalling. Well, and it looks it looks like all kinds of different yeah. things, right? It's stonewalling. You've built the wall in front of your heart. You're not even going to go there. Cold. Yeah. You've, you have this like line of attack that comes out like any time that this resentment comes up, you go, you push away. You know, sometimes you, you just hide it. You know, it's like tactics of war, right? Like you, you you hide your heart just so far away from your partner. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking about is like what happens when resentment settles into the relationship, right? So I'm hearing like some withdraw, some defending, some stonewalling, you know, what else? What happens when resentment really settles into the relationship? I'm going to also piggyback on like just disrespectful behaviors, whether it's tone, whether it's like, I don't really care about that person. Who cares about their needs? I'm so mad at them that yeah. I could give a crap. I think you settle into really destructive patterns of communication, you know, 
the benefit of us seeing so many, you know, couples over the years as we see just these dynamics that repeat over and over and over again. And how many couples, like what percentage, Terry, do you think of couples come in and they say like, oh yeah, communication is our, is our biggest problem? I'm going to say almost 100%. Yeah. Really almost 100%. Yeah. yeah. Because humans are, you know, one of the things that allowed humans to thrive and evolve is our ability to communicate with one another. It's just, it's a huge part of the human experience. And so if you have these patterns that are unsatisfactory in your relationship, if you build resentment, communication is 1000% because you have to Mm. figure out like, hey, what, you know, who's walking the dog and Mm -hmm. who's dealing with Mm -hmm. the kids and who's paying the bills and you're communicating about everything. And so therefore everything becomes incredibly difficult to communicate about. Yeah. And what I've seen like with couples who have kids when resentment has settled in is that kids can be triangulated into this very like dysfunctional pattern, right? And it wasn't conscious and it wasn't intentional, you know, on the individual behalf, but it's happened. Then the kids can start splitting the parents because they know the parents aren't united and it becomes like a, it can become a very family systems issue well, that's, as yeah, well. Exactly, that's the system element, right? Then they plug in. Even our kids, and we, we we've gotten pretty darn good in the way in which we quarrel and when we have struggles. But you know, clearly, we we still have our struggles. But the minute it gets just like a little bit terse between the two of us, the minute that we, you know, those old resentments creep in in the kitchen at seven fifteen in the morning, especially our daughter, our daughter. Yeah. Is the first to notice it. And she's like, mommy, daddy, don't fight. Or she'll like today because we were kind of like, we were kind of snipping each other's hills, but in a very subtle way, she was like changing the subject, you know? And so, I mean, kids are in that system. That's not her job, but it's our job to be like, hey, couples fight, but we got this, honey. Yeah. But you know what? A lot of parents don't know how to do that. So. Yeah. So I've also noticed something when resentment does settle into the relationship, I'm going to use this term, it's called escapism, right? That when resentment is settled in and you're just not feeling connected to your partner in a lot of moments, maybe not every moment, but a lot of moments, you start to like go to the, is the grass greener? I wish I was someplace else. You start to create a new narrative and the more it continues, the narrative gets more strong and you start to reinforce it. So then you're like letting your brain know, like, I just need an out. Instead of like working on this, like, I just need an out. I'm just going to like fantasize or what if there is somebody better? Or I'm going to get my emotional needs met elsewhere. And it's not because that person is bad or wrong. It's because it's so uncomfortable when resentment is there and it's settled in that who wants to stay in that place? You got to have a way out, right? So I have a case study of a couple, but I think as we talk about it, it's easy to mishmash a lot of couples into this couple because this is a a very common thing. So these are uh, a couple and they are uh, both professionals, busy, busy lives. One member of the couple is a much more emotive, you know, they're emotionally out there. They really crave connection because the family they come from they just didn't get it when they were when they were young and they really wanted it and early on in their relationship there was a good bit of real connection so so one member of the couple really really needs that emotional presence uh the other member of the couple is a much more introverted person much less in touch with their feelings 
much more of a problem solver, much more of a logical type of person. And over the years, as life got more complicated, like we had our podcast a couple of weeks ago of, of it got real quick, they kind of went in opposite directions in that way, in that one member of the couple became more introverted, mm-hmm. became less expressive of their needs, less expressive of their feelings, and the other member of the couple became more overwhelmed by life and needed more and more connection. And so they moved in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And the member of the couple who had higher levels of connection to feelings and higher levels of need for emotional connection became more and more resentful, displeased with their partner not showing up in an emotional way, right? And so that person became very resentful of the dynamic. And then the person who was much more introverted was constantly getting pushed, like, where are you? Like, show up, be there for me. So there's a big sense of failure from that person. And get, get, became very, very uh, resentful of the fact that, like, God, am I not enough? Right. Am mm. I? And then it led to high levels of conflict because it was this constant tug of war of give me more. You give me nothing. I'm starving. And I don't have anything to give you. You don't accept me for who I am. And I mean, I'm thinking of one particular couple, but I mean, gosh, I could fit that into like Absolutely. 50 or more couples that we've worked with over the years. Is this one of your own individual no, couples? No, this was a couple we worked with a few oh, years ago okay. that, I'm, that I'm thinking about. Okay. I think it's because it's so like generalized to like our population here that that happens. And I'm like, oh, this must be one of his individual. I mean, I think that the way we help them was at the beginning, the way we help all couples is understand what the dynamic is, but also understand why it is the way it is that has nothing to do with the two of you. Right. You know, is helping them understand each other's past and why they sort of are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And that that does a couple of things. I mean, the first thing it does is it helps the other person understand their partner and it helps them depersonalize it. It also helps each person individually sort of take responsibility for their own feelings and their patterns and how they are adapting to the challenges within their relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so we help make them make sense of what is the dynamic and what led to it happening prior to them meeting. Right. And then we move into the relationship timeline. So this is like a significant part of our structured process in our relationship renovation is we help couples move through their timeline together when they met, when they started dating, maybe when they got engaged, when they got married. And we start to help them understand the unconscious system that started to develop, right, that they did not know about because they probably did not have skills to navigate certain challenges. And we help them say like, okay, well, of course you weren't able to move through that because you had no idea how to regulate or identify these uncomfortable emotions. And so you kind of tucked them away. And then this negative core belief was accessed. And so when we go through their timeline and start to recognize all of the areas where they where they got stuck, and then we move through with these new skills and awareness, it's huge. It's how our couples heal through their resentments is by going through their timeline, recognizing, hey, this wasn't because of you. This wasn't because of me. This wasn't because of us. This is because there was a whole lot of stuff under there that we didn't even know. 
And then bam, it turned into this toxic dysfunctional system where we had no idea what to do. So we just kind of each suffered in our own individual way. And that felt very lonely. Yeah. I'm just like, as, as we talk about it, no, I'm just, I, it's just such a, uh, it's like a, it's a beautiful process. We walk couples yeah, through, It is, but it's also, it's complex, you know, it's amazing. Cause it's this blend of like, so formulaic and so like, you know, no matter what the couple's struggles are, there's a few pieces that just sort of always sort of unite them with every other couple. But there's so many levels of getting through it. You know, there's there's just acceptance of, hey, this is the way it is. I've built this resentment. There's understanding why it happened. And then ultimately, to me, the biggest buy-in for really making long-term sustainable changes, and I know this personally, not, not just as a clinician, mm. is me or each person saying, hey, this is the personal responsibility that I can take. Right. You know, and this is what I can change. Absolutely. And then you feel like uh, there's this like sense of empowerment instead of like, you know, feeling disempowered and powerless. Yeah. Also, and, and I saw this definitely with this couple, is being so careful also about you. When resentment is there, you just dig your heels in. Like you just dig your heels in of like, I am not changing. This is who I am. You have to accept me for who I am. And that's what this couple, that's, that was our biggest struggle with them is getting each of them to let go of this, like, this is who I am. Because the reality is, is it's really not. It's mm-hmm. not who you are. It's how you've adapted. Right. It's, it's the patterns that you've created for a long time in your life that you may feel attached to because they keep you safe. But it is not who you are. Exactly. I mean, and that, I mean, that actually kind of brings me to this one, you know, case study I'm thinking about. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I pretty much do, it's called a genogram with every client. You know, you go back like two, three generations and you understand like the emotional family tree and, and how people like how aware or how defensive a certain family system was. And, and then, you know, you go into your timeline into like when you were born and if we have great families, awesome. And our needs are met, but I'm saying, okay, over 20 years, I've done thousands of genograms and I can probably count on two hands, those genograms that have had a healthy family system. Okay. So that's, that says a lot. That means a lot of us are walking around with unmet childhood wounds and we don't even know it, but we just know when someone starts to like Ooh, make that wound feel better, a wound that we're not aware of, that feels really good. Hence, then you're together longer and the honeymoon phase, if there is one, starts to wear off. And then we have this unconscious need for our partner to heal that unmet childhood wound. There's this like he or she, they should just know what to do. I shouldn't have to ask for what I need. And we kind of go into this like internal, like little kid tantruming. And it's, it's not possible for our partner to even know, A, that we have unmet childhood needs or to meet them. That is our own work. And so what I've noticed is a lot of couples will come in and have this like magical thinking, like they should just know why should I have to tell them? And because they weren't able to kind of meet that unmet childhood wound, resentment builds in, you don't feel safe, 
emotional safety is broken and it starts to feel really bad and it takes us all the way back to when we're kids and we feel invisible, we feel physically abused or emotionally abused, whatever it was, everyone has a different childhood. And when we really help individuals and a couple understand that dynamic, it's almost like the sigh of relief, like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. I mean, and we have to help with that because it's not realistic for our partner to, can they support us in it and recognize it and be curious and say, oh my gosh, I can see that that was a trigger. Absolutely. But if we don't talk up and ask for what we need in a very like healthy adult way, you're going to get caught up and it's going to lead to resentment. Yeah. Everything you said right there was was amazing, Tara. And I, I want to like wrap it in a bow and bring it back to resentment because everything you said there was about like, hey, a lot of the struggles in our relationship are a result of us trying to heal as individuals, right? Mm-hmm. And so tying it back to that original definition, a feeling of anger or frustration because something that feels unfair or wrong that when our partner who we love and we want to fill all those holes for us ultimately falls short or ultimately triggers our pain instead of soothes our pain, we get really resentful about it. And if we can't understand what is happening in that moment, we just want to blame them. We get confused and we just fall into unhealthy coping patterns. We form unhealthy coping patterns as a, as a couple and the resentment just builds. Absolutely. I'm really hoping that when you guys listen to this, like you can relate in some way because it really is profound in the work that we see with couples. And, and then we notice the freedom they gain through therapy and it's freaking awesome. Like it is awesome because they connect in a way to themselves that they haven't. And then with each other, and it's like a whole different system. Not that the system before was bad, but I say, you guys, this is information for you to grow. Like, thank goodness this is happening. Thank goodness you didn't just leave and go to the next person. The same stuff's going to come up. We can't run from it. We can't hide from ourselves. We can't hide from our unmet needs. Can we have instant gratification? Sure. You know, but it's, this is couples counseling. The work we do is about delayed gratification for sure. And some brave work that our couples do for sure. But gosh, how lucky are we? Like, I just love that experience when you're sitting with a couple who they're still struggling with their stuff. But they're just starting to treat each other with a lot more kindness and they have the insight, they understand better what's going on. Absolutely. And you can just tell like there's all of a sudden this freedom then to love each other and they yeah. they accept each other for their stuff yeah. instead of blaming, yeah. isolating, you know, all of the things that we said are are sort of a result of resentment. So Absolutely. And you know what? This is going to be great because our next podcast that we are going to be airing is on forgiveness. Yeah. And that's like, it's like recognizing resentment, owning resentment, understanding where it's coming from. And then the, the idea of forgiveness, and that's not forgiveness to the other person. That is an internal forgiveness. And then the, your partner benefits from that. It's a forgiveness around like, this wasn't your fault. You didn't intentionally want to create this negative, toxic dysfunction. 
it's like a fresh start. It's a reboot. So yeah. that's going to be our next podcast. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, our goal here always is to create stimulating conversations around personal growth, around relationship dynamics, you know, and we know because we hear back from you guys that that this creates awareness that helps in your relationships. And so it's always helpful to hear back from you guys, like whenever there's a topic or there's an insight around something that we're talking about that you want to share with us, it, it means a lot when we get that information. The last couple of topics we've hit on have been a direct response to speaking or hearing from listeners. So yeah. you can always email us info at he said, she said counseling. Our Instagram, we're, we're always putting up information. We're talking about whatever topic it is that's on the podcast that week. We're, we're kind of riffing on that in our posts throughout the week. So you can always reach out to us at relationship underscore renovation. You know, and on Facebook, we're at he said, she said counseling. So, um, you know, it's great to hear from you. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, Tara. I learn and I, I enjoy these conversations because, you know, they're amazing. And, and you know, the, the work we do with couples is just fun and, and very rewarding. I know. I feel so grateful and proud. And, um, you know, for, again, couples who are like, oh, we're not quite sure about therapy yet. We, EJ and I, created a relationship renovation at home program that's pretty similar to what we do in here, the structure piece. However, you don't have the therapist there with you. Um, but check it out. You can read more about it. It's right on our webpage. Yeah, Relationship Renovation at Home. You can check it out on our page. And there is like an aspect of that program where we have a closed uh, Facebook group where we do interact within that with people who sign up for the program. And we've had many couples like go through it and have really positive experiences with it. So please, you know, please check that out and stay with us. Uh, listen to us. We we enjoy doing this for you all. Absolutely. And as always, you guys, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. It's kind of uh, it's what we have right now, right, in a world of uncertainty. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. So grateful. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.